Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partners over at Trio. Are you anxious about the start of a new school year? Maybe you haven't been in school for a while and you're interested in going back or you're thinking about changing careers. If so, the Trio staff at Governor State University are the perfect people to help you out. Trio can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. Trio can provide fee waivers for admissions applications, assist with the admission application process, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. Trio provides various avenues for career explorations, as well as resume and interview preparation. If you're ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact Trio at 708-235-3353. For more information or visit their website at www.govst.edu forward slash Trio EOC. I also want to drop a plug for our friends over at Elite Impressions and Engraving. Please check them out at Facebook, Elite, um, uh, excuse me, at, at Elite Impressions and Engraving. Retired E7 from the Army, Tim Allstead, friend of mine. Uh, we were in the same unit together and he started this out. He does laser etched tumblers, woodworking, and a whole lot more. Uh, we're going to start selling these tumblers at all of our events for Project Headspace and Timing. If you're watching this on YouTube, got a tumbler here that he made for us. Uh, on one side, it's got our, our uh, label and it's all laser etched in, which is super nice. And on the other side, he put, which I think is very appropriate, CEO of this clusterfuck. So I, uh, I love it very much. He does really great work. Make sure you check him out on Facebook. And I think he's running a special right now until Veterans Day, where if you order anything from his website, $5 of every order goes to Project Headspace and Timing. So again, elite impressions and engraving on Facebook. On today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we are going to talk about being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional about veteran suicide. We're going to talk about the history of suicide among warrior cultures, some of the statistics, including some ones that might surprise you, and why we think veteran suicide is such an issue with our friend and Marine, Connor, and I'm just going to say his last name, Ski. Welcome to the I'm Fine Podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. How do you pronounce your last name, dude? Dude, you're going to put me on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me try to remember. Vashevsky. How is it? Vashevsky, man. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah. I never would have fucked. I was yeah. reading this earlier. Dude, the easiest way I tell everybody all the time, I'd be like, it's Va, and then imagine a chef skiing, you know? Vashevsky. Vashevsky. Oh, yeah, that makes it a lot fucking easier. Yeah, yeah. All just right, don't dude. even look at the letters, dude. Just think Vashevsky. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude. It's really good to have you on here, Connor. I really appreciate you being on here to talk about some shit like this, man. Thanks, it's um, And if you wouldn't mind, w would you mind giving us a little bit of an intro as far as like who you are, time in the time in the Marine, shit like that, your time afterwards? Yeah, dude. Um, Just down and dirty? So, like you guys know, Connor, it's just some, some shit. Um, <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps, definitely was not looking like a Marine today, I... You know, instead of 15 minutes early, I've kind of changed over to 15 minutes a little past. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I uh, grew up around here, St. Anne, but um, I don't know. I just joined the Marine Corps. Dad was a Marine. Told my ass not to go 
any combat related MOS. So I was like, well, I'll trick his ass and I'll be a combat engineer, you know? And then bombs are cool, dude, until all the injuries started coming. And then, um, which I didn't like get blown up or nothing, you know? I, I just say it like that because it makes me sound a whole hell of a lot cooler. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, did some, did some stuff in the Marine Corps, uh, came back home. Thought it was going to be this amazing time. You know, I was like, dude, 30 days of leave, but now it's like forever leave, dude. Right. I'm sold, man. Right. Came back home and uh, it was just not that cool, man. You know, being home, it was like right out the gate. People were playing my ass. You know, I had like a cousin that was like, oh, dude, you got all this money. Let's hit the bars. When I ran out of money, like people were, you know, everybody was gone. Like, um, but I was also like, I didn't, I it was like my choice to be around that too, you know? So I can't like blame nobody for ever treating me like that. Like I, <clears throat> like you reap what you sow, you know? So I was, right. I was allowing myself to be around that shit. I wanted to be around the party. Um, but yeah, dude got home. Life was crazy. Didn't like it. Had a bunch of shit happen. Tried to commit suicide. Um, ended up getting way too drunk and didn't go through with it and passed out and woke up with some cops, put me in the, on the concrete dude and, yep and i was on the second floor got out um and then just started the journey of you know recovery dude like really trying to dive into who i am and what's going on with me and trying to fix stuff and you know trying to be honest with myself and those around me i think that's super important and i appreciate you having the fucking courage to just come out the gate swinging and like talk about that shit you know what i'm saying bro (laughs) yeah dude well and would you mind talking about like what it was that brought you to that place where you were just like fucking done and checked out because we're going to talk brad and i both have our own uh stories for ourselves too but and i know you and i have talked about it a little bit but would you mind sharing a little bit about that yeah dude so i at the time was not like the greatest of dude um i was like drugging drinking Yep. Trying to be the superhero in everybody's life. Right. Uh, but I was nothing but just like a joke, dude, and started realizing that I was a joke. Um, trying to fight my way out of it. Uh, I was trying to like turn my life around. I was with this girl. I was told that I was having a kid. The kid turned out to not be mine. I was, like, we told my family, told her family, and then all of a sudden, like, I get a phone call and her sister's like, hey, it's not your baby. And I'm like, damn, she didn't even call me. Like, her sister called me, bro. And then, which, cool, dude, because it led me to meet who I'm, you know, they at least put me down the correct path to be who I am today and with, you know, my fiance today, which is, you know, the love of my life. But, um, so, moral of the story is kids, like, your first love ain't the only love <laughs> like it's it goes on after that right um but nah uh yeah so found out about the kid not being mine dude and then the night before that was just kind of like the icing on the cake the real cake was i uh the night before i had this party dude and mm-hmm. i was like you know i wanted we were about to sell the house and i was like hey i'll have all my friends come over you know we'll have a party and like nobody showed up bro you know i'm like damn like i ain't got no friends dude you know and like everybody was like yeah dude i'll be there i'll be there i'm there and like nothing was happening yeah so i just had like this whole 80 dollar bottle of jack and like 330 racks and i was like well fuck it like i'm a party you know right and 
smashed it all, dude. Everything was gone. Um, the beer was still beer left, but the jack was gone. Woke up the next morning, dude, and uh, yeah, I was just still like started fighting with that with the girl that at the time about everything, and then um, I was just kind of like everything was getting tossed in my face. I was thinking about it all, you know. I was like, damn, like I hate my life. I hate being out of the Marine Corps. Like this is never where I wanted to be at, you know, like. I just come, you know, drugs and that. It was like in that moment, I was just finally like had this third person point of view for myself. And I was like, yeah. just looking down upon myself. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? You know? And, uh, yeah, dude, from there, I like just grabbed, went to my, nobody was home. My family was all gone. Um, I should have went with them, dude, but family was all gone. And I just went and found a gun, got a 357, dude. And, sat in my bedroom for a while i was on the phone with a couple boys from the marine corps we were like drinking and shit i'd like bought a i got a bottle of jack i went to the store got another bottle of jack broken on the kitchen floor went back got another bottle of jack and more beer came back to the house and then was just kind of like you know ready to say goodbye to everything and um <clears throat> called my sister dude and was like hey like I'm sorry and she like seen the gun in the phone right and uh so like on my last goodbye i was just like talking to them and like so she got me on the phone for a while she started screaming and so like then my dad got involved my sisters and everybody and then so like my sister was talking to me and as she was talking to me my other sister was calling the cops and then so my i was like i think when i got caught and picked up i blew like a point three eight. like i was i was just like completely gone you know like and uh so like i was like in and out of the phone i'm like in and out of consciousness you know like going down and whatnot and ended up like passing out and then the, the cops came but yeah dude it really was just like me like i was i mean obviously i was thinking about shit from the marine corps too like i was there was just a lot of it was more marine corps like that was just kind of like the like i said the icing on the cake what really made me you know twist the knife and decide to pull the trigger or at least i was gonna pull the trigger but yeah um yeah, dude, but I mean, a lot of it, now that, like, I'm in therapy and shit and, like, finally have been, like, cracking down on, you know, the layers of trauma of life, you know, um, and then, like, my dad says, you know, just trying to not be a sorry sack, dude, you know, like, I really don't, I got kids and shit, I want to be a good, you know, example for them, so. What, what was it that kind of led you over to fat to do shit with us? So... I was kind of going back down the path again, dude. Like, I just was feeling upset, was hating my life, didn't see things going nowhere. Started thinking about, like, you know, I went to the trauma services program, and then I was doing, like, like seeing a psychiatrist and whatnot in therapy. And then uh, I just, like, one day, like, I was, I, had, I was on Adderall and shit, so I started taking pills again and, like, I was drinking again and like, right. so that was a bad idea and then finally like me and my girl like it started coming over into my relationship again and i was just like looking in the mirror and i'm like damn dude like we've been down this road before like this is not where we want to go right so i just was like honest with myself and decided like somebody was like hey there's this group called Libra charlie like you should check it out and then i think i was thinking about it for like fucking two months man maybe three months and i was like i'll go i'll go and then finally fucking went in one day and then 
like I said, I think the first time we met, I was like, the whole time I'm sitting there talking, just like word vomiting, you know, like, I don't even remember what I was talking about at the meeting, dude. Like, I'm just looking at all these dudes and I'm just like puking through my eyes and mouth, dude, you know, like just fucking telling everybody the story. And the whole time I'm like looking across the room and I can see Eric, dude. And I'm just like staring at him. I'm like, this is the guy, dude. And he ain't said a word the whole time. I'm like, this is the guy. Like, he ain't said shit, but I need to talk to this man. Like, this guy's got a lot to say. I can tell. He's over there sitting in silence, but this man can fix. Like, I just felt it, dude, in his gaze. Like, I'm like, this guy knows what's up, bro. And then, dude, I remember, I don't mean to cut you off, but I remember that meeting like it was yesterday because you came in and you had a lot to say, which is a good thing. Yeah, I didn't even, I don't even remember, dude. Dude, because you sat down and like when you started talking, you're, or you're around a bunch of guys that you don't know. Uh, you just know that we're veterans. And you started fucking talking about all this shit that was on your mind. And it was all significant stuff. And you started bringing things. Like, I could tell that it was like you were a pressure cooker. You know what I'm saying? And you just needed to let a little bit of fucking steam out. And you started going. And then after that, I remember because the type of conversation I wanted to have with you was not the type that we would be able to have in two minutes at the very end of that support group. So I just like walk up, walked up to him like, Hey dude, can we go get a cup of coffee later? <laughs> and you were like, yes. And then yeah. we did and we sat down and then the more I got to know you, the more I realized in two ways, it's like, cause it is, it's self-serving like one, I wanted to work with you and figure out what it was that you needed to work on. But two, I knew how much benefit you would bring to our organization because you are such a positive force of a person, man. And when you are in that fucking good mood, sending text messages and shit like that, like it's, it's contagious. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's a fucking beautiful thing, man. I got to Honestly, dude, I got to give it up. Like, so during my little cliff notes, you know, I really made it seem like that. Like, I got to give it up to my fiance, dude. Honestly, bro. For sure. Because, like, yeah, that whole, like, love thing fucked me up. But it, like I said in the beginning, dude, it really, like, led me down this path. Like, before I never really knew how to treat women. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that took growing up. You know, I was around kids. My girl brought, my fiance, Victoria, brought kids into my life, you know. And all I had was my, my niece and nephew, like. So it taught me how to be like a kind soul. Like, so, and then she led me down the path of wanting to like really invest my time into everything. But so I was approaching all these situations. Like, I'm just, you know, ah, fuck dude. Like, I'm just going to sit through this power, you know, death by PowerPoint and it'll be all right, dude. Right. You know, like I'll get through it. But then I come home, you know, and she'd really want to start talking about this shit. And so like all every night we would end up starting down, like sitting down and like, she was the one that was really like, unpack like i'm shaking right now dude just thinking about it like yeah. all that shit because like it was really i mean there would be nice bro to where like i'd be laying in the bathroom dude like i'm literally like but i'd be laying in the bathtub dude just like freaking out you know yeah and she would be sitting on the outside like talking to me and i'm like dude i can't get through it like i can't do it this time you know like she's like we can do it you know like and you just gotta like you gotta stop lying to yourself you know yeah to stop lying to others and it and so like she like i said dude i really got to give it up to her because she like made me go down this path of like i stopped lying to my dad you know like and that you know so i she just she was not only like making all of my emotions okay but she was also like helping me be okay with letting them out you know she was right. like you know i and and it sounds ridiculous but like i mean if anybody's struggling you know like 
get a woman or a guy or whatever you, you float your boat in that pretense you know like get that in your life because that that person showing you love you know like i had this beautiful woman in front of me that i'm like ball my eyes out i'm like dude i don't know what's happening with me i can't control myself and she just like hold me bro and tell me it's okay well what the fuck does for better or for worse mean man dude and that was and that was like she taught me you know and it yep. was amazing bro and and you have to like those are the parts of the relationship where you really understand what kind of relationship you have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you can be there for somebody at their worst. And when you have that other, when the other person is at their absolute worst, I, in my opinion, it's not like you need to have some fucking magical secret answer. I feel like you just need to be as cool, calm and collected as you can. And in that calm voice, just say, it's okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. And in those moments, you just need somebody. If you're the other person, you just fucking need somebody to tell you that. Yeah. Because, like, you're telling yourself a lot of negative shit, at least when I was in that spot. So I totally fucking get that, dude. But, um, but Brad, what about you, man? Because I know we've talked about the issues that we both had and the issue that you had that led to you and I meeting. So yeah. do you mind talking about that a little bit and where you were at at your absolute worst as far as, like, suicidal thoughts or anything like that's concerned yeah i've actually hit two lows um in my life once in the military yep. <clears throat> um amanda was at school one night and i was home alone with gavin and he was sleeping and dude i just i i had i had enough of it you know and uh i enough went to what just all of it the military yeah. just just all of the marine corps i hate i hated being a cook it, it was just i just had enough and uh I, I held a knife to my wrist, and right at that moment, Gavin started crying. Yeah. So I that that was a sign that I needed to hang out a little bit longer. Um, and then when I got out uh, and lost all my vision and stuff, that was also a time when um, it was just I didn't adjust as well and as quickly as I'd liked to. Right. Um, you know, having a, one of your senses taken away is a very hard thing to, to adjust to. So, um, not to mention you're on top of like t getting out of the Marine Corps, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. yes. it, that, that adjustment is what like crumbled me, bro. So like, yeah, I've told Brad this before, man, like I, you know, fucking dude, like you are the man, you know, fucking, like, yep. because you have gotten over, you know, like fucking mountains right bro yes mountains. i try absolutely dude i try but i a lot of it a lot of it like you said you think your fiance i also think amanda you know she if it wasn't for them i don't think i would be here if it wasn't for amanda and the kids yeah i don't think i'd be here yeah yeah it's i so, really don't so what happened when like where was the low after you lost your vision like what happened oh man i wouldn't get out of bed I was angry all the time. Yeah. Using a little bit more substances than I did yeah, before. Yeah. Um I mean that was pretty I don't think I ever got to a suicidal point. Okay. But yeah. I got to an understanding of I I could go through it. Like I got to the mindset, you know what I mean? Like I never yeah. like made a plan or anything, but I did get to the mindset of I I'll be okay if I did do that. Yeah. That's that's where I was at. Where yeah. I was at was it was I was after all the deployments and I just started doing the PI shit because and I started doing the PI shit 
because I wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to work with anybody else. I didn't want to be around anybody else. And so I would just work cases, you know, and I would be in an airport like three days out of the week. And it started to creep into my head when I would be driving because I would see like telephone poles and I would say to myself, it would be so easy to just to hit the wheel just a little bit, hit one of these fucking poles. It would look like an accident. Nobody's going to, oh, no, me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be like, well, it was a fucking accident. And I remember the first time where I had that thought to myself and the hairs started to raise on the back of my neck like I was fucking Bro. legitimately considering this. And then like I had that like snap to reality, like what the fuck is wrong with me? And then I was sitting at home and I and I have a shadow box behind me and you can see it in the camera. It's a 1911. It's a um limited edition kimber 1911 that i got when i was with the state department and it's engraved um for diplomatic security and that's what i was going to use and i was thinking about it i was holding it i was thinking about okay well what's my wife gonna do how all the how's all this stuff and i'm starting to plan out the future as if i'm planning out my fucking day like well okay i'm gonna do this i gotta make sure that this is all taken care of so this goes to my wife and then she'll be a blah 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 and then i had that moment again where like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and i'm like why am i seriously considering this and and you can say all the shit that you want like i'm gonna kill myself you know when you really fucking mean it yeah and it's scary and you're the only person who knows that fucking fear but that's a different type of fucking fear oh yeah you know what i'm saying and when i felt that that's when i was like yeah like i realized that there was a fucking problem for me you know i don't want to blame the military per se but i feel like there needs to be a better transition i don't know how it is for the army but at least for the Marine Corps, you go to the set platoon for a week. TRS. Right? Bro. And they're mm-hmm. like, this is how you write a resume. <clears throat> and then I got shit for not having a 12-page resume or whatever. And now them shits need to be like one page. Yeah, a page <laughs> and like a half. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and But seriously, though, they're like, this is how you write a ris- resume. This is what you should wear to your interview. Right. And like, get a haircut. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> One of the things that I'll say, as far as especially when it comes to demob, is like when you demob. Um, I don't, and again, this is the experience that I went through. You know, you got to sit in front of a bunch of doctors, and they're going to ask you a bunch of fucking questions. And you know that if I tell, you know, if you tell them what's really wrong, you're going to be sitting in that fucking office while all your boys get out on fucking a pass, leave, whatever, get to go see your fam- their families, and you're just sitting there talking about your fucking problems with a doctor it's like no dude yep. what are you gonna say to him i'm fine um, everything's good i'm getting <laughs> out of here i didn't even realize that i was doing that nice. Look at this. <laughs> but like you're gonna say whatever the sh- whatever shit you have to say so yeah. you can get the fuck out of there and get home to your family yep and then they're gonna give you okay well in the event you think about hurting yourself here's a pamphlet you're like thanks back of the rucksack yep. bottom of the rucksack yep. tough box what the yeah. fuck ever never to be seen again yep you know what i'm saying and that's a fucking problem i think yep I think the loneliness too, of of being a veteran. Oh, so thank you for saying. I was gonna ask uh, if I tried to get a common denominator of all three of our experiences. The one thing would be is that right when we were at our worst, the the one thing everybody was feeling was fucking alone. Yeah, like we're alone. I have nobody. I'm by myself. Nobody's gonna give a shit if I do this. I don't need to be here. I don't want to fucking be here. I'm done. You know what I mean? Yep. 
it's too easy though too to catch yourself like you'll end up catching yourself in this moment where you're like right i need everybody and then you're like people are showing up and you're like yeah 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 yeah, right yeah people are there for you and you're like okay you're like you're you're just okay in them you're like yeah yeah i'm listening i hear you i hear you and it's like so that's like one of those moments where you you still have to be honest with yourself too and be able to catch that shit and be like listen dude like this person is here or if you're not trying to listen to somebody you need to go to the right people then and you need to know your people yes well, it's a window of opportunity that opens up whenever you actually want to talk about that shit, because people, I I think, especially like veterans, we don't just want to talk about it. We have to be in that certain mindset where we're ready to talk about it. And when a veteran reaches out because they're thinking about killing themselves they or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like in that moment, you have to try to stop everything that you're doing as the listener yep. and become receptive to that person. Like, whoa, what's going on? Because the second you try to brush it off because they're a veteran with like maybe an alpha type of mentality or whatever. And you're just like, oh, they're fucking fine. You'll be all right. Just go sleep it off, whatever, whatever. It's like, motherfucker, you might not see him again. You don't understand yeah. that. Yeah. Bad. They might not ever talk about it again because the yeah. one time they did, you shot them down, you brushed them off. You didn't take them serious. So they're like, you know what? I didn't want to talk about this shit in the first fucking place. I'm sure yeah. as hell not going to talk about it again now, knowing that this is how you received me sharing the most vulnerable shit about my life dude you know what i'm saying that was like are you about to say something bro? Uh, I, w- I was going to but oh. i was i was gonna say that's why i think all counselors should be like veteran counselors should be veterans dude. because it, i don't know if you've noticed but whenever you can get in a room i'll use connor for example right no, i've never met the dude instantly starts talking shit over the text mm-hmm. right yep <laughs> we meet each other in person hug it out right mm-hmm. and that's what i'm saying like veterans understand and we connect with each other and I know you've told me multiple times where you get a group of veterans, never met each other, and 20 minutes later, everyone's sharing their stories, they're yep. talking to each other. They're yep. So I think counselors should be veterans for for veterans. Especially depending on the situation that, that that person is going through. And I say that because my current therapist is not a veteran, but for what I needed, she fills that role right. because I just needed somebody from the outside to give me that educational perspective. I think because I have so much interaction with veterans all the time that Mm -hmm. it's not like I needed somebody to understand exactly what I was going through. What I needed was I wanted to talk about all the processes in my mind for how I'm like navigating through all of my thoughts. And I needed a professional to tell me like, okay, no, this is a good thing that you're doing. This is healthy. This is not healthy. And then just giving me the tools. But I definitely think, especially towards the beginning, when you're first getting in, to like therapy yeah i think yeah trust is everything relationship is everything so to have somebody that is a veteran would really help that person that's really that that veteran looking for help that's like super standoffish about it you know what i mean they don't really want to get help but they're thinking about getting help well if they have a veteran therapist they're probably more likely to open up than oh, yeah. if it wasn't so i definitely agree with that what were you going to say connor we need to become fat tour guides bro that's what we need to be tour guides so we need to be tour guides through yeah. this process, dude, because that's exactly it, right? So yeah, based off based based off of this whole thing, right? Like everybody's really talking about, and I agree, is <clears throat> like vets do need to be in this process, man. You know, like, but I, I I'll say the one thing that like really changed my life and like really has helped out, and I think that that's why like everybody always comments on, and I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but like that's why people comment on my personality, right? Like, yeah, dude, dude, the <laughs> one thing that I really try to change, and you can ask all of my friends. All my dudes, like all my boys, I will 
always, dude. I don't give a fuck who you are. I will always tell you I love you. Yeah. I will flat out say that shit. I will say, I love you. I love you, bro. I, I like, I, you know, and so what I really started doing, right? There's like this whole thing about how guys can't have emotions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Dude. Hey, my girl taught me emotions 100%. My kids taught me emotions 100%. The world taught me that emotions weren't cool. At the end of the day, like that's just social media, bro. Like emotions are real. Like men need, men, like we got that shit, yeah, right? Yep. And the reason that we're hiding is because we're like embarrassed to show that shit, right? right, dude. And so I just started telling everybody, "Hey, dude, I love you." And I break, like I'm quit, like I'm cool with it, dude. You want to get emotional, bro? Like I'm there. Like let's jump into it. You know, like you want to dive, you want to cry, whatever you feel, let's do it, dude. And I don't give a fuck who you are, where we're at, like what whatever's going on, and like I. I'm always asking my friends, like, hey, dude, how you feeling? You know, or like, I'm always talking about my feelings because once you start talking about your feelings and like yes. you put your vulnerabilities out there, dude, mm-hmm. like other people flow to that. You yes. know, and they're like, they're like, oh, this, you know, and especially, and now this is the hard part is that everybody's like also very visual people. This mm-hmm. is why Brad's such a beautiful person. Nah, I was going to say, not everybody. I was like, this is why Brad's <laughs> such a beautiful person because he truly is like the epitome of like, you cannot judge a character by the outside. Like, you have, like, you yeah. have to see who they are on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's even it's crazy because a lot of people like they got these cert- superficial like fucking you know whatever you want to call it. i don't even i was trying to go like big words with it but you know i like, caught my ass halfway through like but like it's they okay. got these fat like they, they these facets or whatever like these things that they're like you know oh they look amazing you know and the people walk up and be like oh you're a good looking dude right so like eric be like oh eric's beautiful oh his you know he's got this voice that sits there and calms you down you know and you're like all right like now i want to open up to the guy you know but in reality, dude, like, all you got to do is just walk up to the right people. Because, like, I've had people, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, that guy's a gangbanger, you know? But I've had, like, my, some of my closest friends, you know, I'm, people consider them gangbangers. I'm like, no, like, these people have my back, bro. You know, like, mm-hmm. and so once you really just start breaking that boundary with people, dude, and you're like, hey, man, like, I'm not doing good today. Or you just, like, let everybody know, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm kind of struggling. But you need... Now, you can't take advantage of it. You need to actually be making the moves to where you're growing and you're doing well, you know, and you, can, you, you can't you can just be sitting there like, you know, like what was happening. You're like, hey, I'm not your 24-7 hotline. You know, like I'm not just trying to sit here. I'll be your tour guide, but I'm not going to be the dude leading the pack. You know, like right. this is your pack to lead. You know, yeah. like I'm just trying to give you the food. Like I'll give you the nutrients that you guys need to refuel so you can keep leading the push. But like that's all I am. I'm just throwing snacks. I'm not, I'm not you know, pulling the rope, dog. You know, like. And so you just kind of lead these guys into the motion. You let them know, like, hey, man, you know, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm fucking hurting, too. And then people flow out with that. And, and it just starts, it, it, it you know, it, it allows everybody else to be like, hey, this is real, you know. Because that was my biggest thing, talking to all you guys. is like, you know, the more I started talking, the more I started realizing. And that's why I talk so much is because the more I started talking about what was going on, the more I started realizing that everybody's feeling this shit. Yep. And nobody, you know, it's just like when you're in school, you know, there's no stupid question to ask. There's no stupid, no stupid thing to say, bro. Like, there's nothing dumb that you, you want to kill yourself. Let's fix it. I'm, I'm not gonna be mad about it. You know, you yeah. wanna, you wanna hurt somebody else. I'm a little twisted about it, but like, let's figure it out because I know who you are, and I can promise that that's not really what you want to do. You're just upset about some shit, and you don't know how to process it. Regardless of your fucking background, whether you're a gangbanger, a veteran, fucking whatever, I think that people gravitate toward authenticity. And if like that's who the fuck you are and you are open about it or like when it comes to talking about how the fuck you're feeling, like I think part of the reason why people gravitate towards that is because 
you're like, this person's being authentic. So like I, I've said it multiple times before. The whole reason why I started fucking Project Headspace and Timing was because a dude I was a medic to in Baghdad posted up on February 22nd, 2017, uh, that he made one of those blanket posts about if you want to hurt yourself or if you're thinking about killing yourself, call somebody, talk to somebody, you know, nobody needs to suffer in silence. And then he fucking killed himself the next day. And when that happened, the only way I can explain it is that something just snapped in my brain where I was like, I'm fucking done and not I'm done in a way where I wanted to kill myself. I meant I'm done in a way where I don't want to live this disingenuous life anymore. I, and, and I don't want to make it seem like everything was so terrible in my life. I just felt like I never felt like I could really talk about what I was feeling. I never felt like I could show emotions like Connor was saying. I felt like I had to hide it all. And then, and, and his name was John Kemper and Kemper was literally the most positive fucking dude that I ever met in my entire life. And so at that point, I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm going to talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. I'm going to feel however I want to feel. I'm going to talk about it. And if it makes people feel awkward, that's too fucking bad. Like, I don't give a shit if I cry, if I get mad, if whatever. Like, I'm going to talk it through as long as I'm not trying to hurt anybody, which I never am. But I'm like done acting like I'm fine when I'm not. I'm fucking done. I'm done. And that snapped in my head. And as soon, just like Connor said, as soon as you start talking about that type of shit, other people start talking to you about it too. Cause they're like, yeah, I'm feeling the same fucking way. Cause they didn't know that it was safe. They yeah. didn't know that they could talk about it and you just open the fucking door and let them know, no, it's okay. You're because why? Cause you're showing them that they're not fucking alone either. Yeah. They're not alone in those feelings. And then the second thing that I was going to say, which I think I might've lost. Hold on a second. Thoughts up there, and I just gotta grab it. Who's for the sky? Okay, I got it. Um, <laughs> what you talked about about being the tour guides. So, I've brought this up before. I think on this podcast, but what I what I the way that I break it down is is through Netflix. So Netflix formed in 1999. Okay, and they started by sending DVDs to your house. They had 5,000 titles, and with 5,000 titles, they realized that if they wanted to make money. As a business, they needed to create an algorithm to help you, the consumer, go through these 5,000 titles to figure out what it was you needed. Because 5,000 titles is a lot of shit. How are you supposed, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and you go through every single one? Like that's not, from a business perspective, it's not going to help them. So they created this algorithm. And ever since they created that algorithm, it's obviously been very, very successful for them. And they started that way back in 2000 when they were mailing shit to your house. So when you look at like veteran nonprofits and shit, there's 46,000, according to guidestar.org, 46,000 nonprofits outside of the fucking VA. Out of all the resources there are to get help, how many are there? There are 100,000? Like, what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like, if you need help, where do you fucking go? Where do you start? How do you start? It's intimidating. You're standing at the fucking base of uh, fucking... The fucking pyramids, Yeah, bro. dude. The yep. pyramids. You don't yep. understand why this bitch points true north. You don't understand any of the, like, the aliens that like, put this motherfucker to together, dude. Right. All you know is that somebody said, hey... When you get out, you need to call this number and you need to go to this appointment. You need to make sure that you're okay. And when they ask you questions, now, mind you, when you join the Marine Corps, they sat there and they said, hey, did you ever smoke weed? And the recruiter said, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> you know, like, so you're like, so you're sitting there and you're like, wait, dude, is this gun loaded or is yeah. it not? Like, yeah. Am I feeling a bit? Nah, dude. And do I need? Nah, like, right. Is the alcohol? T- nah, dude. I think it is. You know, you're right. like, fuck, dude. And it keeps going that way, man. But like, you also got to understand, like, too, I think the biggest thing, like, because you always see everybody like talking about suicide and everything. Yeah. They eat, like, Everybody wants to jump in and help, you know, but, right. and it sucks because you don't want everybody to go through trauma, but like not everybody's really ready to help somebody that's been through trauma Very unless you've point. been through trauma, you know, yes. because you really have to understand like, yo, it's not that that person doesn't want to talk to you. You know, it's not that they don't want to get it out there. They just need somebody to, they, they want to feel like somebody wants to fight for them to be here because they've given up the fight on themselves, you yeah, know, dude. like they, they want to feel like they, there's a reason that somebody needs them to stick around because if they didn't feel like if they were feeling that before that, then they wouldn't have the gun to their fucking head or they wouldn't be trying to jump off. Like, so there was this vet, right. That was like, Hey, this vet's too drunk. He's in the, he's in the group chat, you know? And, uh, like we, we got to talk like we, you know, he's all right. Like being in that dude's mindset, that veteran's mindset now, like it's going to sit here and he's going to be embarrassed, bro. Like right. tell me y'all ain't never woke up hungover before and been like, what i do last night now imagine being drunk and explaining your feelings and nobody and now waking up confused you blacked out you know like fuck yeah you're gonna want to kill yourself you're embarrassed as shit now like so you like and that's not what so you sitting there being a therapist being like you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't do this and bad you you're like well thanks you know i'm also fucking feeling real embarrassed hell yeah i'm leaving this appointment and fucking off of myself right you know what i'm saying like so you also like it's it's crazy because it's not to give it's not to give grace to the person doing the wrong, right? Yeah, it's you're not give, condoning their yeah, behaviors. Yeah, you're giving grace to their fucking, their soft spot, bro. You know, like you you need to reach them in some sort of way, you know? And the only other emotion that's as strong as anger is fucking sadness, you right, know? Right. And they, those two go hand in hand, bro. And so you're not going to win a battle with anger. Might as well make that motherfucker cry and try to, you know, and let him know while he's crying, it's okay to cry, bro. It's okay to be feeling like this. What's not okay is to be waking up tomorrow, being that sorry sack and being like, well, I'll just grab the bottle again and, you know, it'll be better today. Right. It won't be better today. And I keep talking about the bottle, but I'm talking about with everything, bro. The pills, the the joint, you know, I mean, I'm a fucking avid smoker, you Mm -hmm. know, but like, I'll tell you right now, like, it's still my crutch. Right. You know, like right. I was just shaking a little bit, literally, like just the, the thought of me going back down my path, right? Like I, I haven't smoked today, right? Or I smoked when I woke up at six AM, like but so like it's out of my system, like I'm chilling, haven't like I'm I haven't been taking nothing, like so I start talking about it in a second, dude, and I'm already like my body, like I just I can't control it. You right. know what I'm saying? So like even that's a crutch at the end of the day, you know, because it like in trauma services, the hardest part was they're sitting there telling you, like, hey, man, like, you just got to go through it. Like, you got to you gotta become numb to this thing. And you're like, well, when I'm on my path to being numb before, like, that's why I wanted to kill myself, dude. So, right. no, I don't want to go down that path, man. Right. Like, but, like, you got to – that's that's the part of the tour guide, you know? Like, yep. and, and so I guess it kind of, like, the hard part is you see – like, you don't want to just say, like, hey, only veterans should do this, like – Right, right, right. You gotta, you, like, you want to open up the door and be like, hey, like – and it also sucks because you don't want to be like, hey, only people that have gone through trauma, but like, it's – you know, if you were – if you were baking a cake, you know, would you want to learn from Gordon Ramsay or would you want to learn from my ass? Right. You feel me? <laughs> right, right, right. But, so, but also in those moments that you were, you were talking about earlier, especially the worst ones – 
one of the most important things that you can show somebody when they're hungover, when they're feeling like shit, when they're regretful, when they're resenting themselves or whatever is acceptance. And that, and again, and that's my opinion. And that's not to say that again, I'm condoning your shitty behavior. It's just to say, that's not all you are as a person. I still love you as a person, but this is something that we have to figure out together. And I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter what you fucking do. It's not going to change the fact that I accept you for who you are. And I feel like when you do that, you're giving somebody that pillow to fall on that, that little bit of grace. Like you said, they're just like, you know, that at least, you know, that you're still accepted and I need to work on these things. They don't want me, you know, they're, they're not telling me it's okay to do what I'm doing like that veteran that you're talking about. We were, we've been working with this veteran for a while and that veteran reached out to me recently. And we, long story short, we've been working with this veteran for a better part of a year who was dealing with some alcohol issues and other things. And, um, excuse me. And he messaged me the other day and he said, for the first time, I know I'm going to be okay. And I called him immediately because he texted me that I fucking called him. I'm like, yo, talk to me about what you're feeling right now, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, dude, let's talk about that. And yeah. I'll talk I don't to want you. to be here just for the lows, bro. Yeah. I want I wanna, to be here for the highs. Fuck yeah. I yeah. want to celebrate your highs too. So I'm like, okay, what? tell me what's going through your head right now. And he's just like, I'm just, I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to accept. I'm starting to feel like, you know, it still sucks. And that's super important because I don't feel like you should be telling yourself mentally, like everything's going to be great. Like, nah, like, it's still going to fucking suck. But you know that the love that you have for yourself and for others is greater than the fear that you have. And I think that is super important. And when you get over that hump, then you're like, okay, okay. I still have things to work on. I still have a lot of shit that I need to do and get in order, but I will make it through this. And, and that's a testament to all of the people that we've had surrounding that veteran that have just been there for him because he'd reach mm -hmm. out to us. He'd been drinking, been doing this, that, and the other. And we're all talking to each other like, hey, man, I'm getting a little worn out talking to this guy because he's been going through it for so long. So we were taking turns, making sure everybody's reaching out to him and talking to him. And we all, we had to let him know that we accepted him. Mm -hmm. We weren't condoning his behaviors, but we still accept him. And he has look to try to be better for himself. Look at what it did to him. Mm -hmm. Look at where he's at. And you know, I'm, mm -hmm. he's doing amazing. Like, yep. and the, dude, pain's universal, bro. Yes, you know, yeah. It's kind of just like when you get out of surgery, right, and you take that painkiller. When I got out of back surgery, dude, I took that painkiller. I was like, I'm good. I go back to work. Yeah. But you can't. Right. It's the same way with, like, a trauma scar. Right. You know, it's, it's even though you might sit here, and it's the same way with a crutch and smoking weed and drinking and doing all that. Yes. You're feeling good, but you're, there's still an injury under there. Yeah. And, and so the sooner that everybody realizes that, you know, it's not – you know, for dudes, it's not pussyfooting, yeah. you know, and for women, you're not sitting there and you're not, you know, you're not being weak. You're not being, right. you know, the, you know, the stereotypical woman, like you're hurting. Right. And that's the process. It's part of the process. And that was my problem is I was hiding from the hurt. You know, the far, the longer you run, the harder it's going to, the hard, like the harder you're going to fall at the end, you know, like right. if you're running the opposite way, like you're going to have to run twice as hard to get that way, bro. Right. You know, so yeah, turn around and fucking go the right path. Yep. Like that, Ray, were you going to say something? No, I just, that was legit. So, <laughs> just right so we are 45 minutes in. We haven't talked about any of the things that we re hey. initially were down. I'm just going to fly through the history part. Yeah, this is statistics. a... Are you cool with that? Yeah, this is a pretty solid... I, I'm, I like what's going on so here. I just wanted to bring up briefly 
like from a historical perspective, the relationship between suicide and like the warrior mindset, the warrior mentality. So I want to bring up a couple of things that I found here. Um, as far as like the war on suicide, as far as how it's perceived negatively, that really started in the fifth century by St. Augustine, who clarified suicide as a sin within the city of God. And so began that Christian war on suicide. Increasingly, suicide became socially and morally aberrant. Uh, attempted suicides would be as excommunicated from the church while successful cases were refused Christian burial on consecrated ground, they would be dragged through the streets, uh, buried at crossroads to torment their souls and have bequeathments and estates confiscated. So that's kind of where that turned around. As far as like famous uh, um, times in history where like somebody of note, I guess you would say, uh, had killed himself. It really kind of, the one of the first ones I found was it between the 11th and 12th century. Uh, Ajax the Great, he competed with Odysseus oh, for the armor of Achilles. Uh, I just you familiar about this guy? Ajax really? was a shit, dude. Yeah, I just learned about this guy in philosophy on Tuesday, actually. All right, go with it. What do you got? So Ajax, dude, was like the, the right-hand man, right? The yep. Achilles, dude, right? Yep. So Achilles, right? So everybody knows like the story about Achilles. Achilles got dipped in the fucking river of sticks to make yep. sure he's immortal and whatnot, but that's why his Achilles is the only thing, you know, blah blah right so ajax was like the second hand right in in the war well so I'm trying to remember the other dude odysseus oh yeah odysseus yep. yeah so odysseus so long story short ajax wanted achilles armor when he died right right and so he was like hey so odysseus ended up getting a hold of it instead of ajax and so ajax was like you know motherfucker ripping and roaring all this other shit right and so in his blind rage of fucking fury this dude's in this this pen this this pig pen and so this guy in his blind rage is like motherfucker you know like i'm the new champion you know he's pissed off and shit and he just starts ripping all over dude and he like slaughters 12 pigs well the what's happening in in his mind is he's he's having a fucking flat you know his flesh and he's thinking that he's killing his his buddies yeah so he's thinking that he's killing you know like all his boys his warriors and all this shit right so when he finally fucking comes to dude and he realizes what he had done you know and he's like oh my god like First off, like how how could I even you know imagine killing my buddies? Right. And secondly, like who am I? You know, like and he he's like I can't go home like this. And he fucking right. offed himself, dude, with a sword, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad, dude, that you know that heavy story, dude. shit, bro. Yeah. Well, when you go back and look in those old stories, especially like the Iliad and the Odyssey and stuff like that, there's so many like PTSD, oh, all yeah. that fucking shit Dude. is referenced in those stories, man. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they knew about this stuff in the 11th and 12th century. So, yes, that was that was one of them. Uh, another one I found the first recorded act of seppuku. Uh, seppuku was performed <laughs> by Miniyamoto no Yorimasa during the Battle of Uji in 1180. So seppuku was used by warriors in feudal Japan to avoid falling into enemy hands and to attenuate shame and avoid possible torture. And samurai could also be ordered by, the da by their daimyo or their feudal lords uh, to carry out seppuku, which is super fucked up. Like if you think you have a fucking bad boss, like back in Dude, the day, your yeah. boss could tell you kill yourself and you had a fucking dude i was about to say like, yeah but the crazy part is, is they took that shit in japan when they would kill themselves like yep. it was honorable bro yeah like, right that was the yes. only way out it was honorable. so how does it go from something honorable you know to now everybody's like how dare you that carried over all the way up to world war ii as well 
because they had the the suicide bombers in Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah, and oh they, yeah, kamikaze. And they also had here. Um, uh, it's called the the suicide cliff, where Japanese soldiers and civilians in the in World War II would jump off this cliff and commit suicide. Um, instead of being captured by the Americans because they were told that Americans would rape and pillage and be awful to them. So it was considered honorable. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, so I found something around World War One. This was uh, from the British Army, uh, an article on time.com. One of the first documented soldiers from the 20th century to commit suicide was Private Walter Joyce in 1914. Um, his suicide note confirmed that he'd taken his own life after returning home and having some issues, PTSD and shit like that. And the note that he read, which gave me chills when I first read it, was, as I am unable to march, I am no good as a soldier. And that was what he wrote. And he fucking, that was it. That was World War One. Um, the other thing that I found worth, kind of worth noting, uh, there was an investigation in 2019 that claimed Germany felt many veterans, uh, German veterans were ignored and disassociated from society to the point of suicide as a result of the negative public perception of the German military, which developed throughout the 20th century. I never even thought about that. Like, could you imagine being a German soldier like now? And you just show up and you're like, hey, guys, we're the German army. And everybody's like, yeah. yeah and you're like, no, bro, it's not me. Do. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, old shit. I'm yeah. like, no, we're not like that anymore. You know what I mean? And like, that's the whole thing. Uh, I never and, thought about that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, if you're, if that's your perception and you think you're serving your fucking country and you're doing what your duty is and everybody associates you with that shit, like I could see how that's going to just. Yeah. turn into some shit yeah and why they would have such high suicide rates too so um as far as some of the statistics i know yeah. you have some and i have some do you yep. have some ready brad yeah um so i have back all the way to 2016 and this is just specifically speaking of the military yep um for each branch i don't know do you want i'll just do 2016 and then uh 2022 is where yep it stops so 2016 the army had uh, 130 suicides um yeah, uh, 130. The Marine Corps had 37, Navy 52, Air Force 61, Space Force not available. So, and then compared to, um, to 2000 and oh, they do have 23 numbers for quarter one so far. Um, I want to know how a Space Force veteran kills themselves. Like, because I, I would they, imagine that'd be pretty gangster. Just like open up yourself, the door, go out in space, and then <laughs> just pull the thing off. Yeah. Wrong lever. Why do we even have that lever? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up to be talking about that. <laughs> hey. So in 2022, the Army for, or 2023, the Army was 49. Um, the Marine Corps 14, Navy 14, and Air Force 17. Okay. Some of the things, like, we always hear about the 22 a day. Yeah. Like, we always hear about 22 a day, and then, like, it fluctuates. Sometimes it's not 22 a day. Sometimes it's 17. Fucking whatever, okay? Like, the fact of the matter is, is that it's happening. There's yeah. veterans that are killing themselves on a daily basis. And a lot of those numbers, a couple of things about that 22 a day that just kind of pissed me off. Side note, one... That includes anybody that from, as far as I know, and you can check the, the sources on this, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. 
when they look at the number of veterans that have killed themselves, they look at anybody that's gone through service, right? Anybody does not matter the status of discharge. But when it comes to getting benefits all of a sudden, well, if you have another than honorable or dishonorable, they're not going to count that, but they're going to count those numbers into the 22 a day. So when you're talking about from this perspective of the VA, and I'm not trying to talk shit here, but you're talking about working on the 22 a day, but you're not going to deal with the veterans that have other than honorable discharges or dishonorable discharges, but you're including those numbers in the 22 a day, yep. then you can go fuck yourself. Yep. Yeah. Because what are you fucking doing then? You're working on just the honorable ones because those are the ones that matter. Because they like, look good on paper, bro. It needs to be a case by case basis, right? Yeah, we need to look at all the, and that frustrates me. Also, what frustrates me is, I don't know about you guys, but I have a solid number of guys that I have lost who died doing something super reckless. And mm. while it doesn't necessarily constitute a suicide, I'm like, but does it? Yo, I was going to bring you know up I mean? all these points before, right? Yep. So I got a few points, right? I'm going to yeah. say them real quick so that yeah, I yeah. can listen to them and I don't forget them because I almost forgot them. Right? Yep. So ego death, right? Ego suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like, so what we talked about before with... The, like you know so the stereotypical about like not one to be around right so germany but also the va so there's yep. multiple ways that people don't want you to be around and whatnot right right but then um damn what were we just talking about what were we just talking about right there uh i was talking about the 22 a day the dishonorable discharges other than honorable not counting towards the 22 a day um, so so you sorry you also mentioned about like doing reckless shit should count oh, as yeah, suicides yeah. thank you so so there's also like so now for Brad's case, right, to go back to where in the beginning we were talking about him losing his senses, right? So, like, you technically, you don't have to commit suicide to be dead, right? You know, like, you could, you know how, like, when you walk into a classroom. I need to sit and think on that and your one teachers, for a second, but yeah. And your teachers, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. though? You know, you, you walk in, your teachers are like, you're present here, but you're not present. Right. You know? And that could be, you know, there's people that just give up, dude, and yep. they just wait until the final fucking day. You know, and they don't live a life, man. And they live in this fucking just grunt, like grudge of like, fuck life. I'm not happy, you know, and that is that mindset flows over to everybody else around you. Yes. Right. So it might not just be you might not be killing yourself, but you're killing those around you in that way. Right. And then now there's also talking about that whole stereotype about Germans. Right. Like how, yep. you know, that that follows you. Right. Like they'll, they're they're never going to be the German army. They will forever be Nazis. You know what I'm saying? Fuck. And that sucks, yeah, right. dude, in a sense. You know, right. like, and it's the same way, like, with these guys that go out and they get community care, right? It's like, well, if the hospital is pretty built up and they're like, hey, we get a lot of veterans in here, they're going to know, like, tell me that all the nearby hospitals around Heinz aren't shit because there's so many people that come in and out all the time. You know right. what I'm saying? The right. Even the right. public hospitals. Right. Because of that stereotype is like, oh, well, they're not community care, bro. Like, they're, we're only going to get paid 50 bucks this time. Like, get this guy out the fucking door. You right. Know? And yeah. so, like, yeah. there's so many different things. Like, and that's what's hard about once. And this is why this conversation will go on for on, hours. You know, it's not oh my just God. a minute yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. once yeah. you start unpacking this shit, yeah. it's kind of like pulling the thread, right? You're pulling the string. And, and now all the shit I'm saying, like, all my teachers have said to me, Oh, that's the other topic, philosophy. I'll get back to that. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's kind of like pulling a thread. And once you start pulling that one thread, you realize that the whole entire sweatshirt's all fucking interlocked and it's all, it just starts unwinding. But you realize the farther you pull, there's just so many more other things that are unpacking, right? Like right. fucking, you know, 
what's going on in the environment, what's going on in the community, like yeah. all this other shit, right? And so that's why I think that not only should veterans, but and and now veterans in every fucking aspect, veterans of the fucking law, veterans of trauma, yeah, all that shit, dude. Like whatever you want to fucking deem yourself, right? If everybody can sit here and call themselves a fucking Apache helicopter these days, like everybody can fucking figure out that, like, hey, you want to be a fucking alpha, prove your worth, right? Right. And now I think that like proving your fucking worth, dude. And this is why, like, stories like Achilles and, and guys like that, like, this shit, it's written in the fucking books, man, right? And yep. in philosophy, dude, the main, I mean, Socrates talks about it. I mean, Plato's big fucking thing. Everybody's massive thing about all this shit, dude, is being the better fucking man, you know? And now also women nowadays, too, because, you know, don't be sitting here thinking that women are out of this shit because right. everybody can be, you know, I've had women that have sat down, not only could kick my ass, but have also been able to look at me in the fucking eye and be like, God damn, like, you just taught me a lesson, you know? Right, right, right. But uh, it's, it's about, dude, like, you know, if you really want to try to figure out what we're doing here, like, look in history, bro. Like, you think we're the yes. only people asking these fucking questions? Yes. You think we're the only people sitting here dealing with suicide and mental health, right? right? No, we're just in a different time that now have specific labels, and we've had smart people over fucking, you know, millennia to sit here and put titles on it. Like, it's like my teacher just brought up this fact, you know, uh, the Occupy Wall, the Occupy, Occupy Movement or whatever that was yeah, going yeah. on, right? Like, I don't know what the <clears throat> fuck that is, right? but it just happened recently. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's so much shit that like, you know, everybody's just so embedded and drowned out by the current <coughs> news and all that, dude. Look in the fucking past, you know, and look at these people who have, you know, philosophers are are it, bro. Yep. Because they have been asking this question and they, you know, there's everybody... That is, there's people that are going to sit there and tear you down. There's people right. that are going to sit there and tell you about this side of life and that side of life. And it's not your job to pick what side of life you want to be on. It's your job to form your own fucking version of life and make it what you want it to fucking be based off of everybody else's ideas because they fucking made it. But they're not living in today's day and age. So we just got to put a new spin <coughs> on this shit. We got to make the fucking SOPs for what's going on, right? For today, for dealing with this shit today. And that's, that shit's easy, dude. Everybody just simply has to just focus. And, and it's hard. It's it's so cliche, dude. You know, sit here and be like, hey, everybody just needs to focus on being a better person, you know. But that's what schools need to start teaching. And, and, and it's not about being a better person. It's about how you ask yourself how you can be better, you know. Yeah, because it's not like it's it's not so many people, at least when we were growing up, especially when you think about philosophy and stuff and people are talking about what the meaning of life is. It's like that's so subjective i mean the the meaning of life is to is to find meaning yeah. is to find your own meaning of your life right that's what it has to be about and, and like you said throughout history if you look there is no shortage of people that have been through things just like you way worse than you made it out and fucking wrote about it like I've, I've, the first time we sat down, I think one of the things that I talked to Connor about was one of my favorite stories of Alan Milne. Did I tell you this story? Remember? I don't know. So Alan Milne, World War One, Battle of the Somme, bloodiest one of the bloodiest battles in human history. Um, British Army, one three million service members were involved. One million were killed or injured, and Alan was one of them. And he came home and he was fucked up, and it and it messed with his relationships and messed with everything. And he had a son and his son's name was Chris. And so he would take his son, Chris. And the only thing that they could find any, he could find joy doing is like, was taking Chris to the zoo. They would go to the zoo. There was a bear there. They would go see this bear all the time. They liked oh, seeing this yeah, bear. Yeah, yeah. And it's then clicking. Alan wrote a story about the bear and his son, Chris. 
And he took all of these little pieces, which psychologists and people way smarter than me later said was was facets of PTSD. And he and he put them all in different characters, like a depressed donkey, a neurotic um, owl, a paranoid pig. Like as he fucking wrote Winnie the Pooh, dude. Like he yeah. fucking he took a, a hardened combat veteran from one of the bloodiest battles in recorded human history managed to take his pain and depression and everything and wrote a fucking story that would outlive him and would help children for generations like how insane is Dude. that that's amazing and it was created to pull all this shit back around right to back like why everybody watching is like oh why are we talking about philosophy and being a better person all this shit like it's part of it all exactly it's dude. fucking part of it, it is legit part of it and not only is it part of it but like you hear everybody sitting here you know preaching like you know be a, you know don't worry about what the other people think of you dude that's let me tell you that is the hardest fucking thing to ever do oh yeah even the people that you see online bro that sit yep. there and tell you you know hey man you know why do I care? Why do I care what that person thinks? You know, why do, why do I care about this and that? It's like, well, you might not care, but I'm telling you some somewhere or another, it's going to fuck with your head. Right. Yeah. And yep. the best thing, dude, that that all of this that I have learned out of everything is that you truly cannot care, like and that's what breaking walls on about emotions and, and letting all this shit out, you know, jumping right into talking about suicide, like. Because you have to acknowledge that that shit's there, right? And you you have to also acknowledge that that emotion is there. And those who are going to sit there and judge you about that, you know, they're they're the ones that are in the wrong. Don't feel stupid for feeling some type of way. Don't feel right. that you need to run away from it, you know? You need to run away from those people that make you feel that way. Because the ones, I'm telling you, dude, when I got around you guys, like, my life just became fucking 120, like, it, it just took a complete fucking 180 dude you know who i was how i was acting all that shit you know so if you think that you're the fucking problem get around some new fucking people you yeah. know like because i promise you dude there's nothing wrong with being open understanding your emotion you want to be that silly motherfucker just as much as there's that voice in your head that's sitting there saying that you want to hurt yourself that devil there's also that 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 fucking angel in your head that's sitting For there sure. saying that like hey you're a good person you want to get on that stage and dance and act a fool Fucking do it, dude. Yeah. You want to go over there and you want to talk to that girl? Go do it, bro. Right. You know, that's how, I mean, some little kid walked up in the, in, in the back room while I was playing slots and that's how I met my fiance. He just said hi. And then all of no a sudden. Shit. Yeah, dude. You know? And so just all them little moments, dude. Yes. And, and I'm bringing that up because in that moment, that little man just thought to go say hi to somebody and he had no fucking idea what it was going to blow up into, you know? And kids, kid, that's how kids are. Oh, kids yeah. don't have a fucking filter. They just say shit. They do shit. And it's authentic. Every single fuck, exactly, mm -hmm. authenticity. Every mm -hmm. single fucking time they do something, you see everybody, oh, my God, that's so cute, dude, you know? <laughs> and now you grow up, and everybody's sitting there, and it's like, that motherfucker's crying. Like, ugh. Right. You know? Yep. Right. It's the way that we're looking at it, bro. I also want to drop something on you from something you said earlier. One of my favorite Marcus Aurelius quotes, which is, when you don't care what other people say, that that is tranquility. But when you don't care what people think, that is freedom. It is. It. I can. I can. I. I. I like I said. I told. I said. I think on the last episode. I when I turned thirty, I stopped giving a crap about what people think. And it's not to say you're being rude or inconsiderate. No, yeah. It's just saying caring I, about yourself. I yes, I know who I am. Yeah. I do not care if you do not 
like that. I'm not trying to offend you right, by being right. who I am, but I'm going to be who I am, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. real good. Yeah. The, a Marcus Aurelius, the opinion of 10,000 men is of no value if none of them knows anything about the subject. subject. God, yeah. not only That's is he sexy, too. he's smart. Mm-hmm. Where's, the, where's the other one? There's another one. That's <laughs> like, love Marcus it's like my fucking favorite, dude. But it talks about... Uh, Damn, I can't find it. Um, but it says it says little men talk about others, other people, you know, or some shit. It's like great men talk about great, ideas or great, something. Or, yeah, but it was talk. It's it's it was more along the lines like good men, little men talk about others, and good men like you know talk about themselves. Basically, you know, yeah, basically yeah. getting around to the part that like, hey, little people talk about others. You know, if you're sitting there, you know, and I I really I talk about like gossip and shit. Like, yeah, that's a high school thing, but like. I really think that like we gotta attack the youth, bro. You know, like we gotta really, oh, yeah. you know, just how we gotta get these guys right out of right out of like once they transition out, we gotta get these guys right before they transition into the real world. You know, because yeah. this is what, just as much as we're putting them back into the world, you know, like you you there's a lot more that we gotta like attack. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and fixing. I believe that veterans are the fucking way to go because like, bro, when have you not? I mean, when have you not went to the smoke pit and seen you know? Billy Bob Bo Baggins with no fucking teeth mixing around over there with fucking, you know, Jorge and Jose and and Jamal, you know, and everybody everybody's kicking and not giving a fuck. Nobody, yep. you know, buddy's got the Confederate flag out there and, and nobody's paying attention to that shit. Everybody is just everybody accepts one another. Right. Everybody is kicking it, bro. Right. You yep. know, and, and that's what the fuck I thought I was going to come home to. I thought I, I, I came home, bro. And I was like, ah, fucking money, dude, you know. I come, you know, I'm I'm the Marine, not a Marine anymore. I'm a Marine, dude. Everybody's going to fucking love me. We're all going to be family. I'm going to hang out with the community. I get home, bro, and it's like, you don't want to walk down that street. You don't want to go over there, dude. Right. You don't want to do this. And it's like, but what the, what, how the fuck were we able to, we put down the guns, you know, we were out there shooting the shit with, you know, we were shooting at motherfuckers and they come back and we could just shoot the shit with each other. Like, you know, that those were issues. You know, we had real issues. Right. I mean, we were popping fucking rounds and doing real shit you know y'all are bitching about who stepped on your fucking kicks and you know hey you got you got the goods man like well, dude. I mean, have you, you've seen that meme right where it's like it's got a picture of a dude wearing a cowboy hat and like a gangbanger and like some hispanic dude wearing uh like his a fun, another cowboy hat and then like two people that are dressed in like conventional i don't know normal type of attire and it's just like hanging out with your military friends outside of the military yeah, it's just like the yeah, most dude. fucking diverse yeah. group. it's like yeah that's exactly what the fuck it is yeah you know what i'm saying yep but uh okay a couple other statistics i wanted to run by you that i found so again 22 a day we all know about that one but here's some ones that i find to be specifically problematic so one the amount of veterans that have killed themselves on fucking VA property. So this is ridiculous to me. So, so many veterans were killing, like you'll hear every once in a while a story about a veteran that killed themselves on a VA campus. And you're like, oh, that's fucked up. That's crazy. It happens more often than you think. There's pictures of VAs that have like uh, fences uh, and guards around their, um, 
parking parking garages and shit because they wanted to put those in there to keep veterans from like wanting to jump off, which is insane that that has had to exist. And the issue is so bad that the Governmental Accountability Office, and you can see this at GAO.gov, they did a study from October of 2017 to April of 2019, and they found that 49 veterans had killed themselves on VA campuses during that time like that is a fuck you like that is a veteran that is I've dealing done. with some shit and that's like i want you to know my pain the only way for me to make sure you get this fucking message is if i do it in your fucking parking lot which Dude, is crazy that's i've thought about that so like because yeah. i you know and not to bag on a va you know right my biggest lesson has been like it's not the people who are working the va it's the ones that are writing the laws for the va you know, so like, yeah, that's and, a big part of it. And yeah. so it sucks, you know, because these people that are there, like, really care. You know, like, I've ran it. Like, I got a mm -hmm. nurse, dude, that I can just call up. Not, no, no fucking rhyme or reason. Crying. And she'll fucking, I, she's a nurse, dude. And she somehow just find a way to fucking call me back within the next five or just talk to me right then and there about yeah, shit that's yeah. happening. You yeah, know, like, that's great. But I've also, like, had doctors that are sitting there making me depressed. And, like, yep. you know, I had a doctor tell me I had, uh, HI, I had herpes, syphilis, and uh, hepatitis B, C, all it like uh, straight up. They said that hey, your results came back, like you need to come in, you're positive. And I'm like, Ugh. right, I'm like sitting there, you know, and they're like, but it was a nurse that called me, she's like, but I can't be doing this. So, or she said some shit like that. She's like, so we gotta, you know, I, I like the doctor will call you. Well, like months go by and nobody's calling me, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna kill my fucking self, like, right. And the VA's causing it. I'm not getting appointments, I'm not doing this, I right. can't get in, you know, and like. So you're just blaming them, dude. And literally, all I could think about is like, I'm just gonna write all over my. I've literally, this is one of the, one of my 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 uh, plans that I had. Yeah, I was gonna write all over myself. Write like my appointment dates. I was gonna, I was gonna like oh, straight up, dude. Shit. So like, I was gonna staple like my fucking like my letters from the VA to my body and shit. Like, I right. literally, bro, had this fucking plan, dude. I was gonna write all that shit. I was gonna write doctors' names. I was like, I was just gonna fucking just do everything I had on the VA. Like, I was gonna put on me, and I was just gonna walk right to the fucking front door and just boom, go. Like, I had like I was ready for it, dude. Just cause like I was so. I hated the fucking VA, dude. They took my physical therapy from like, I could have an hour and a half session to 30 minutes now. Like, so just everything was being taken out from underneath me. And then like, there's like all that shit, you know? Yep. But so anyways, not nah, fuck the VA. I love the VA, you know, but <laughs> it's a 50, 50, man. Like there's good experiences, bad ones, like you said, and everybody, like it's easy to, to rag on the VA. Yeah. But what I will say is when people talk about wanting like uh universal healthcare and stuff like that, I say, look at the VA. Okay. Because that's 1% of the fucking population yeah. and they're not, the government doesn't have a real great handle on it. So how do you think it's going to go yeah. any more than that? Because just like you said, my therapist with the VA, awesome. My nurse with the VA, awesome. Like a lot of the other people that I've talked to the VA, great. But I've also had personally some very bad experiences too. And so, yeah, it, it's pretty difficult. And I don't try to shit on the VA because I want more veterans to be connected with the VA. I want you to get your benefits. I want you to talk to whoever you need to talk to so you can get the help that you need. But no, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying. And the thought of doing that and again your plan in in comparison to all these other veterans that want that killed themselves on va campuses was to send a fucking message it's to send a message and if you're going to talk about like 22 a day blah, blah blah blah, 49 veterans in less than two years fucking did that on va campus i've heard one story about it that's one what, bro right that's what i'm saying so i mean that was a stat that i wanted to talk about a couple other ones this is another one that <clears throat> bothers me a little bit so this is back in 2021. Um, at, at the time, um, 2021, 
they looked at all of the service members that were killed in Iraq and Afghanistan in combat. So for about 20 years since we were in Iraq, Afghanistan, and that was 7,057 service members that were killed in combat in the, in 20 years. They looked at the number of active duty personnel and veterans who served in the military after 9-11 that died by suicide. What do you think that number was in comparison to the 7,057 that died in combat? I think guess? I would guess it was up 3%. Up 3%? Okay. Mm-hmm. Any guesses? Connor, you want to guess? I'd say it's about around 10,000. So... 30,177 active duty personnel and veterans committed, died by suicide. Once they came home, and that's the word they don't talk about, bro. That right there. That right there. 30,000 in comparison to the 7,000 that were killed in combat. Over three times as many veterans had killed themselves than died in operation during freedom 300 bro over 300 percent. you want to know what you know insane. you want to know what i want bro i want i want to pull those guys fucking records i want i want yeah. their medical record i want to see how long their wait times were for their appointments i want to see who they were seeing where they were going how how many what their interactions a lot like. of them are connected from exactly I, I don't i don't have the the numbers but i i saw because i was just looking through so many stats and shit for this episode but it was like one of the things that I saw said that a lot of the veterans were not service connected either. You know what I'm saying? But either way, it's like, Even if okay, you try to be, bro, they make it impossible. They make it yeah. impossible, but what bro. are we fucking doing? If three times the amount of veterans die oh, here in America fuck. than in your fucking war, what the fuck are we doing is my question. We're not giving them the help that they need. Well, and that brings me to... so. And the, the last thing I'll say, as far as like a statistic is concerned, and this was on the VA website, non-deployed veterans were at a greater risk for suicide than veterans that have deployed. Why Gee, do you think? I that? wonder why. But let me tell you, at first I read that and I was like, that's weird. Why the fuck? Why, why is that the case? But then what I thought about was what you had told me. I, I can speak to that. <laughs> you think of any veteran that doesn't feel like they did their job. Yes, dude. And like, yeah, just like the the German army. Yeah. That are trying to like get past that fucking pass that didn't have to do with them specifically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you thought you were doing your duty, you were serving your country, you were doing this, that, and the other, and you didn't get to do that which you thought would be the validating point of your military service. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, I have to imagine that that's, you can speak to that, but I have to imagine that's part of it, yeah? Or Oh, absolutely. Or a big part because of it? Because civilians don't get it. They're like, oh, you were just a cook? I'm like, right. huh, thanks for your service, but like, dude, you were a glorified lunch lady. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. That's how you perceive yourself. That's yeah. not how we perceive you, but well, that's yeah. how you perceived yourself. Yes. Yeah, at, at time, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when it comes to all that kind of shit and you just think about it, especially, and I couldn't find the studies for this, I read two different articles. I, I read one article that said combat veterans were more likely uh, to die by suicide than non-combat. And then I read that non-combat veterans were more likely to die by suicide than combat. And either way, what it comes down to is when you join the military... I don't care if it's the Marines, Army, fucking Space Force, whatever. And while I can't speak to any of the other branches other than the Army, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, home of the infantry. And what's their goal in in boot camp? It's to fucking break you. And it's to make you okay with war, which means you have to be okay with death. You have to be okay seeing it. You have to be okay doing it. 
and and it more or less in my opinion it's it's turning you into an animal of some kind yeah okay and then you have to come back to this world where being an animal is not tolerated dude and and nobody teaches you how to put pan how to close pandora's box because you're like okay well i was taught to act this way i was taught to live with this fucking mindset of kill or be killed and then knowing who i can count on who i can't count on and then like counter said then you come home and it's like this isn't how the world is the most formative years of my life the most formative when i was still trying to figure out who i was as a man as a person as a fucking whatever and i was taught to be okay with war and then i come home and that's not that's not how it fucking goes that's not accepted and and so immediately you feel alone immediately you feel like nobody gets it nobody understands what the fuck am i supposed to do who am i supposed to fucking talk to i can't walk neck down the fucking to the next uh, door right down the hall yep. and talk to my fucking boy about what I'm feeling and how I'm doing because they, they're not there. It's some neighbor that doesn't fucking talk to me ever. So I'm like, what am I supposed to fucking do? And I think that is at the foundation of the fucking problem because people are like, oh, it's so crazy that non-combat veterans kill themselves more than combat or guys that didn't deploy than guys that did. So what's the common denominator? The common denominator is that a majority of these people were taken, again, during the most formative years of their life, taught to be okay with everything about war and then the demob is are you okay were you uh are you drinking how many drinks do you have a night yeah you thinking yeah, about dude. hurting anybody and then that's fucking it. it's like okay i guess i'm ready to go back to fucking society now yep. and i think as long as that's a problem as long as that happens there's always going to be a problem because like i've said before again in my opinion what we need to be doing with these guys that are getting out or that are coming back from uh that are demobing from a deployment anything like that is they need to spend some time with some veterans that have been out for a couple of years Dude. and they need to go and fuck off into the woods for like a week and just camp, hike, bike, fish. I don't give a fuck. Whatever they want to do. No PowerPoints, none of that bullshit. And just talk to some other guys. So these other guys can be like, hey, Morning, man, bro. I was here. I was here where you're at. I know what you're feeling right now. You have this confidence. I'm not going to call it arrogance. You have a confidence because of your experiences so far. You've always been surrounded by this brotherhood, this sisterhood, and you felt the love. You felt, and I know individual experiences may vary in the military, but that's my experience. It's yeah. like I had that brotherhood. I had that camaraderie. And you feel like when you get home, it's going to be the same. It might not be the same. And we need to talk about that because you're going to go and talk to some doctors for the VA and you might not want to say what the fuck you're thinking, but you need to. And this is why. This is my life story. This is what I went through. This is what my people went through. Have uh, spouses of veterans come in one day like hey you need to make sure that you're taking care of your spouse too because this is how my husband my wife my whoever treated me when they came home this is how it affected our relationship don't do the same like you need to do shit like that not Dude. expect to just do fucking powerpoints and it's gonna fix them you know what i'm saying build a report there's, there's yes. literally a statistic that shows if kids when kids go to college they are more likely to stay around and and finish college if they create a social connection there. So like if they, mm. have, if they have a link connection to a teacher or something, mm -hmm. or they feel like there's somebody that they want to impress or make yep. proud, you know, like they, they will be more obliged and they, they will, they're more likely it's proven to, they're more likely to stay. I found that, I found that quote though. It's by Lao Tzu. It's mm. a great man is hard on himself. A small man is hard on others. Right. Yes. That's a great one. Dude. And so like to go back to all this stuff, like I, 
I feel both sides of the spectrum, right? Like, and not to say, cause I wasn't like classified as combat, right? Like what we did in the Philippines and everything, but like what's even worse, right? So like this will break into like, I'll be in like your, my embarrassment stage too. Cause I know like if anybody from the Marine Corps will ever see like, because there was a time dude, when I got to the Marine Corps, like right out the gate. Now they tell you all the time, like, Hey man, you should sign up for this, sign up for everything. You know, you'll do the right thing. Like sign up for everything, apply, you know, volunteer, 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 you know, like you'll look good and they'll want to do it, you know, so here comes fucking boot ski, you know, all fucking motarded out. Like, you know, they're like, I need a volunteer. <laughs> fucking boom. I'm first hand up. And he's like company office, you know, and I'm like, fuck me, dude. <laughs> like yeah. I just got to the fucking fleet. I'm trying mm -hmm. to prove my fucking worth, bro. I'm trying to be a fucking, you know, a hard charger, leader, all this shit, right? Also, everybody kind of remembers me as the fucking company office, but nobody remembers me being out on the fucking field ops with them, you right. know? And right. it's like, hey, bro, like, I was right along. I got the footage, dog. Like, I I was the motherfucker that shot the rocket in the video all y'all laugh at, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. everybody's got the shit, like... You know, but they they forget about that shit, you know, and they only everybody will have this specific view on you, dude. But it's like it's not about that. Right. Like it's and it's, it's not about any of that. Like and I've realized that is that the real and, and you know, a small man will, will be hard on others like and, and it's real like that. Like somebody who is going to down degrade you and make you feel worse about yourself. Like, bro, I, I you know, Eric's been uh, a lot of my boy. I mean, Paul Kudak. Rest in peace, dude. He just committed suicide last year. Fuck. He was my realtor, dude. Like, my realtor. And this is what I'm talking about. This is how crazy it happens, right? My realtor, who I just met, did it, dude. You know? Just sold me a house. But I felt so strongly connected to this motherfucker, man. Um, But, like, that's... that's it, 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 it all just happened so fucking quickly, dude. I completely forgot thinking about that now. Like, I just had that dude's face in my head, and now I forgot my fucking whole tangent, but... Well, one of the things that I'll go off of on what you said earlier about the veteran population and, like, why it needs to be us that are, like, the tip of the spear is because we, and I've said this a billion fucking times, are the most diverse group of people underneath one fucking label. So if you want to look at, for example... Trauma medicine in the States has been affected by the wars. Like whenever something happens in war, they see how these GIs and shit are dying. And then they take that and they change it in the civilian world. So we can make sure that we're getting ahead of it in the, tr in the civilian world. Like mental health should be the same way. Look at the veteran population. It's an insanely diverse group and you can get a pretty good gauge for what's working, what's not working by what you're doing within the veteran population. And you see these new types of studies as far as beneficial holistic types of therapy, whether it's equine therapy or hallucinogenics or hallucinogenics, uh, psychedelics rather, and or anything like that, like they do it with the veteran population first. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yes, I agree. And and now you're seeing a lot of veterans come out and talking about this stuff, which is great. A lot of like the special operations guys, and it's hard being a veteran because again, individual experiences may vary, and so you're constantly going to be like trying to validate your own fucking service regardless of what you did because you're constantly seeing these navy seals and fucking force recon dudes all on tv and on the podcast and you're like fuck i didn't do any of that shit man i was a grunt doing little baby grunt grunt shit i was infantry i didn't do any cool none of that shit and so i i always felt like i had to validate my own service yeah. uh because i didn't feel like i did enough <laughs> and that's not fair to you either and Dave Allen, Marine Corps League here in town, fucking amazing dude. Like he was one of the first guys 
that came up to me and he was asking me about my time in service and I didn't pull a trigger, which I'm very fucking thankful for. We got blown up, I hit an ID, we got mortared, but my sector of fire was never, whenever I was on a gun, my sector of fire was never where the combat was coming from. So you can't just, it's not like the movies where every vehicle like traverses over to where the combat's coming from. It's like, motherfucker, if you're taking combat from the east and your sector's on the west, you have to keep your shit on the west in case something else fucking happens, right? So I'm just sitting there on a fucking 50, just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> why can't I do that? I want to do that. And so I never got to like do any of that stuff. And I was talking to Dave Allen about it and he's an older guy and he was just like, you served your fucking country, man. He's like, you did your job. You did your job. You can't make yourself feel bad for doing your job. And that's why I told Brad the same thing. Tell anybody the same thing. It's like, you can't fucking guilt yourself, especially for some things that were outside of your control. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you did what the fuck you wanted. To, you did what you signed up for. You did what was asked of you rather. I should say that. And yeah, that's, what the, that's what the government needed from you. And the government now, needed you to do that. And that's what you fucking did. And now I can make some bomb ass potatoes. See? <laughs> Shit, yeah, baby. <laughs> but yeah, so other than that, I mean. Hey, the crazy part is, is everybody that's ever pulled the trigger <clears throat> that I've talked to, you know, yeah. that, that had the chance. Even my this guy, Adams, that I know, who was, uh, um, fuck, dude, the bloodiest battle of Afghanistan. Um, I think it starts with an S. Um not like, it was like southern f was, was it in helmand no it started with an ass dude some but uh but anyway so he like one of the bloodiest battles out there right and this motherfucker like in my eyes dude i would see this guy and i was like this is this is the guy you know like this is my fucking medal of honor you know what i'm saying like this is you know i'm looking up to this guy but all these motherfuckers that i've ever been to it dude they all sit there and say the same thing that they wouldn't have wished it on anybody else, right you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like it's such a double-edged sword dude because yeah. every motherfucker is running towards that that the chaos right you know and they yeah. want it until they get out of it and it's like the select few that do make it through you can see it in their eyes for the rest of their life and, yeah. and then obviously we all know what happens to the ones that don't yeah and there's the ones that that's why i'm i'm usually kind of skeptical when i meet a veteran and right wrong or indifferent that's like super jazzed about fucking killing people or whatever, whatever. I'm like, mm, maybe like, and I know that they, that stereotype exists in like TV shows and movies and shit. Like the point half percent, you know, that, that right. they're out there, but they're rare. That's a unicorn, bro. That motherfucker is seriously crazy and you do not want to be around him for long. But most, most of the guys. So when I contracted, I was very like, I got to work with some of those top tier operators and i only qualified because i had combat experience and a medical and a medic degree and that was the only reason why i got to be with these guys but like a lot of the ddms so like the the, the snipers that were like force recon or whatever the fuck they were in the marines the ones that had the highest body counts they didn't fucking talk about it yeah maybe if we were sitting around the fire one night and like smoking and joking and stories are going, maybe they'll bring something up, but like they're not leaning into it very much. Like they're very like they don't want to talk about it. And I'm not I'm never one to fucking push about stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I, I met a lot of those guys and I knew that they had some fucking body counts. And then 
so you come home and you're at the bar and you hear somebody at the other end of the bar talking about how they fucking did this and that and this and that and killed this insurgent or whatever and they were at SEAL Team 6 and you're like fucking alright dude like calm the fuck down okay yeah, yeah. you're making us look bad a little bit okay yeah, you, you know Bob what I mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob the Builder but yeah so other than that I mean right about an hour and a half boys Oof. what do you guys think Some what do you guys, you guys shit, anything dude. to say anything else to say about veteran suicide that's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Stop it. I have one other thing. The last thing that I will say to anybody that's out there listening, the veteran crisis line. Uh, so the veteran crisis line is something that I do recommend. If you are a veteran or know a veteran that is in any sort of distress or in any sort of crisis, dial 988, then press one or which I, I like this option too. you can fucking text the veteran, uh, the veteran crisis line. And I think that's a good fucking idea. Uh, it's 838-255 free confidential. So you can text 838-255 and you can just text if you don't want to fucking talk about it, which I think is like an easier thing for me. I would more rather text than I would call. Um, so I think that that's, that's a very cool thing. And I always want to make sure that I mentioned that. Uh, the last couple of things that I'll say. So this episode will be coming out on Monday on my birthday. This episode's Ooh. coming out on my birthday. Uh, we have a couple of things coming up. Uh, check out the Clifton Haunted Woods on September 29th and 30th. Uh, they're going to be raising some money for Project Headspace and Timing. So bring the family out. It's a really cool event. Even if you have young kids, they do something before the Haunted Woods where they bring all of the people that are dressed up in all the scary shit to come hang out and like talk to all the kids and take the mask off. So the kids get to understand that it's okay. Uh, I think that's a really good idea. And then, um, I think that's about it. We're going to be at the farmer's market on October 7th. And I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting, but if there are, I'll include them in the fucking link at the bottom. So, uh, Brad, Connor, you boys got anything else you want to say? I fucking love y'all. Fucking love you guys. I am. Thank you guys again for being, uh, for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share this shit. And uh, thank you again for tuning into another episode. We look forward to talking to you next time.